On today's episode of Middle Age Gaming, our two hosts each give us an in-depth review of one game each. Adam will be following up a previous review by slicing further into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Meanwhile, Crean will be giving us a deep dive into Cyberpunk 2077. And with that, it's now time for V is for Viking. Hello and once again, welcome back to another episode of the Middle Age Gaming's The Game Show. Yeah, we can't really call ourselves 2020 anymore, can we? It's probably for the best. Shorter names are easier to say. True, true, true. In our first episode of 2021, we'll be foregoing our usual format of three games each to instead talk about one game we've been playing a little more in depth. Adam will be covering Assassin's Creed Valhalla, while I will be reviewing Cyberpunk 2077. And with that, Adam, would you like to start? Don't mind if I do. Quick heads up, I have reviewed this game before, so I will likely not go into too much detail because I have done that before. So, But that's okay because it's going to give Creed a little more time to talk about a game that we have not reviewed yet, so that's a good thing. All right, so real quick uh, rehash. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, released by Ubisoft, developed by Ubisoft, and its release date was November 10th, 2020, so that gives you an idea of how long I've been playing it. I checked yesterday. I'm about, I think, 56 hours into it now. So I am chugging along relatively slowly, which is quite unfortunate, but hopefully I'll be done with it relatively soon so I can move on to something else. Uh, It is available on PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Stadia. So real quick kind of uh, overview without too many spoilers. You take on the role of Eivor, and Eivor is a member of the Raven Clan. They are a Viking group. You start off in Norway. And your king, who is kind of your adopted father, basically another king has come along. He says, I want to unify all the clans under one big kingdom, and I'm going to be the king of that. And your king said, sure. And because of that, your adopted brother basically says, well, that's not fair that you're giving away my crown without my consent. And so your group decides we're going to leave Norway and head off to England and create our own little settlement there. And that's basically where the game kind of really takes off is when you hit England. So that's the little background behind it. And from there, you're doing your basic Assassin's Creed-y things. The Assassins actually aren't, at least where I am, super involved in the game just yet. They are in there. There are two Assassins that are kind of part of your group, and they are kind of helping you out. But basically, in this game, you do have settlement building. And one of the buildings you can build in your settlements is the Assassin's Den, I guess you would call it, which is kind of the place where the Assassins are hanging out. And basically, once you build it, the guy says, well, we haven't been in England for over 200 years or however long since the fall of the Roman Empire. So I want you to go out, find these old Assassin bases, collect some old Assassin relics, and we'll learn a bit of our own history. And that's basically it. Other than that, you're not really associated that much with the assassins. You're actually more associated with your Viking clan and kind of uh, creating your little niche or little area within England. I do think they are going to take off a little bit later because I know that the overlying story, again, is there's a big natural disaster. The world's going to end and somehow Eivor is key to how they solved this in the past. So I'm sure the assassins are going to become much more important and much more relevant later. But as of right now, and I'm, I don't know how far I am. I've gotten, I'm a little less than halfway through the trophies. So I was assume that means I'm a little bit less than halfway through the game, 
But uh, yeah, as of now, they're not super important. So basically, the things that I like about this game are the exploration, which I went over last time. You can basically go anywhere you want. So you can climb almost, almost any surface. You can scale buildings and all that. So I really think that's really great. I do like the weapon variety. However, there is not a one-handed sword, which is kind of strange. I do like the Sayax, which is basically just a really big knife. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a strange that they have two-handed swords, but they don't have one-handed swords. Uh, however, if you go down your tech tree, I guess you would call it, there is an ability that allows you to hold two-handed weapons in one hand. So you can hold two spears or you can hold two giant axes. It's a little bit broken in terms of that it gives you like way more variety, but uh, I would say unlock that one pretty early if you can. Uh, also, you can do stealth if you want. I do have in the video, uh, there is a segment where I'm trying to do stealth, and you can see that the stealth, sometimes it works really, really well, and sometimes it gets really, really wonky. Uh, there are things that you wouldn't really expect. For example, I've noticed that if I assassinate a guy and he's standing next to incendiary jars, assassinating him will set off the jars and explode and alert everybody so oh, it's God. actually yeah it's really weird so if i run up next to him and you use the hidden dagger you know you just stab him he goes down and when he falls something about the fact that you attacked within range of these incendiary things they explode which not only create a big sound to attract other guys it also sets you on fire so it's not a really good thing so i've actually noticed it's better you're better off at and if that is happening to just shoot the guy in the head with an arrow and kill him that way, because if you do it that way, they don't explode. I don't know. It's it's a we I don't know if it's a glitch or what's going on there, but that that's kind of a weird thing. But you can definitely stealth it out uh, once they do figure out where you are. It can be hard to get back into stealth, but uh, it is possible. I also really like that. Actually, this game has lots and lots of side quests, but they're all extremely short. So most of the side quests you could probably finish in about five minutes, and they're usually directly involved in what you're doing in that moment. So, for example, one was I walk into this old abandoned church, and there's this kind of shoddily made throne thing. I sit down in it. These guys say, "Hey, that's the throne of our king." And then they show up and then I kill them. And, and that was the entire side quest. And it was like, oh, wait, that was that sounds perfect. Yeah, it's just kill. It, it's just kill these, these groups of enemies. Or in other cases, the side quest might be a little more in depth. Like there was one where there's a, a an old man who's uh, suffering from dementia. And you kind of have to follow him around on this tour and kind of play along with his, his little game. And, you know, so things like that, they can be a little bit longer, but none of them are more than, say, 10, 15 minutes. They're all really, really short. None of them, are, at least none of the ones that I've experienced so far, involve running around the map and and uh, doing all that. So actually, it works really, really well. And most of them just kind of don't really add to the story, but they add to the world. They add to the environment. They make the people seem more real or they kind of show you what's going on in these people's lives, like, uh, you know, helping these starving children. You know, they don't have food or something. So you can kind of play a game with them and then give them some money or something like that. So they're usually pretty short. I've also found hunting to be strangely relaxing. Uh, I haven't done too much fishing yet. Apparently fishing is actually not fishing. It's killing fish. So you either get into shallow water and stab them to death with your swords and spears or you shoot them with arrows. I thought it was going to be like actual fishing fishing, but uh, <laughs> but there's no actual fishing fishing. It's just killing fish. Uh, but they're, uh, but, but hunting is strangely relaxing. I just like to sometimes, you know, just go out and be like, I'm just going to kill a few deer now and, you know, just chase them down and all that. 
and also the leveling is is pretty quick so you can get new abilities and stuff relatively quickly it doesn't seem to slow down the speed at which you get levels i know in other games like as you level up higher the requirements to reach the next level become higher and you have to basically kill enemies at your level because lower level enemies are not going to give you uh, the relative amount of experience in this game it seems that all enemies will give you a set amount of experience regardless of their level and leveling is a flat number between each level so if you're you know if you're level 15 and you want to go to level 16 it's going to be i don't know say 100 experience points and if you want to go between level 190 to 191 it's still 100 experience points and killing even the most basic guy is still going to give you 10 so you can actually level quite quickly which is kind of nice because yeah i'm not really happy with the leveling system but we'll get into that later uh so so far after talking about things that i've liked any questions oh loads of questions okay Uh, just to clarify for our listeners um you should definitely go back and watch our first episode which was god valhalla where we talked about godfall and valhalla and um between that game and now how many additional hours have you put in at it uh back then i was around 12 now i'm at 56 so uh that would be what 44 hours give or take all right um all right that that's great with that that being said so i mean with an extra 40 hours um are you feeling more attached to the story to the characters or more about the same uh, as far as attachment to the characters in the story, I'm probably feeling about the same. I don't feel any more invested than I previously was. Um, in some ways, I'm enjoying the game more. And in other ways, I'm starting to see the areas that are lacking more okay. um, because they're not fresh anymore. So it's a give or take. I'm still definitely enjoying it and still having a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, some of the cracks are starting to show. Uh but as far as plot and characters, I'm not that much more invested in them. The Avor you see at the beginning is pretty much the Avor that she still is at this point in the game. Um, the other characters haven't really dynamically changed that much. So currently, everybody's kind of still two-dimensional. We haven't really had any 3D, three-dimensional development yet. Uh, but uh, I have been doing a, quite a bit of ex- exploration, and I haven't been doing quite as much of the main story. I've done a few of the main stories, but um, but yeah, so far it's pretty standard fare. Uh, you know, you you come in, there's a king or something. That guy's like, I don't like this old king. We need to take him out so I can take the throne. Great, we took it. Good job. Go over there and get us the next ally. Oh hi, I'm your next ally. Uh, I was attacked by these guys and they took my town. Help me get my town back. Great, you killed that guy. Now it's my town again. You know, it's not really. It's more of like you're running errands at this point, because the idea right now is that you're new in England and you need allies. So I'm going from. Uh, I don't know what know you call them county to county or area to area, and each area. You can pledge yourself to that area and then you do the quest for that area. But so far, none of those quests have really tied into each other. So it's you go over here and that's one story. And then you go back to your base and then you go over here and then you get a new set of characters and you do that next part of the story. And you're trying to get allies so that you can kind of really cement your position in this new country. Okay. Yeah. 
in terms of of the combat, in terms of the, the like naval action and that kind of stuff, has has combat or uh, ship combat evolved in a way that you're, or has certain things evolved in your extra forty hours that you're like, oh my god, I I like this better than I did before, or any terms of mechanics or. So I was really hoping there would be ship combat because I really loved it in Black Flag. I know a lot of people hated it, but I absolutely loved ship combat. I would just go out there and just capture as many ships as I possibly could. So I was hoping there would be some kind of naval combat. Obviously, you couldn't do it with, say, cannons and whatnot, but maybe boarding actions or something like that. There actually is no ship combat, at least at this point in the game. There is no ship There's combat. There's no ship combat. In fact, I have not seen any ships other than my own with the exception of uh, you'll have some little fishermen on some little, you know, rowboats or something like that. But there has, at this point in the game, been no ship combat. And I'm guessing that if I haven't met it yet, it's not going to be showing up. So, yeah, unfortunately, I was hoping for ship combat just to see how interesting it could be. That's not a thing there. Um, the raids are kind of interesting. They're not super deep. Basically, you just charge your boat at a an area you charge it into the the shoreline all your guys get off and they all just run around and you're all just you know looting and and trying to clear out an area unfortunately there are only a limited number of raids in the game you can re-raid an area but there's no real good reason to do it because the okay. reason you're raiding is because these monasteries or the areas that you're raiding have goods that you need so they have riches and they have supplies so you go in there, you raid them, you get all these supplies, and you use those supplies to build up your your base, your town, your village. And once you've raided a place, then none of those goods respawn. So you have no real point to go and raid them again. You could do it, but basically all you would be doing is killing the respawning enemies, and you wouldn't really be gaining anything from it. So that's good in a way, because, I mean, it makes sense. And you can't just farm raids over and over and over again. But at the other hand, it's kind of, oh, you know, once I've raided everything that's kind of within my level, I just have to play the game to level up and I have to stop raiding until I've leveled up to a point where I can successfully begin raiding again. Oh, no, that's because, I mean, like, I never played Black Flag, but I played Odyssey and I loved the Greek sea shanties and I love the, the, oh, God, I forgot his name, but the guy and he, and, on the Greek boats, and he says, shoot, and all the arrows fly off from one boat to the other boat. And it's, it's, it was so fun. And yeah, I'm like, oh, cool. I would love some Viking sea shanties and be able to do that, but I guess not. Yeah, that's the other kind of disappointing thing is because I played Black Flag again, and, and, and there were tons of sea shanties in it, just tons of them. And they were really fun. You know, these are like traditional sea shanties that they added to the game. And the way they added it to the game actually really made it feel like the guys on the ship were singing because I guess they got a real group of people to sing it. And I guess they had them maybe the, when they recorded it, they were singing outdoors or whatever. But the sound of the sea shanties and Black Flag really kind of sounded like the guys on the ship are singing these songs. And, you know, and they'll nice. kind of call out to each other and, and whatnot and have fun with it. In Valhalla, you have mostly it just it sounds like a guy playing a lute. And there was one song that they sung. And that was it. And it was just a one guy singing. It wasn't like the crew singing together. So it wasn't as much fun. I did do one side quest where I met this guy who was like an older Viking and he had retired, but he was a poet. And so he was writing some of his own songs. So after I did his quest, 
I did unlock, I think maybe one or two new songs, but all of them kind of sound like they were recorded in a studio. So the guy singing sound has like a really clear voice. It doesn't sound like that kind of outdoors, like the voice is going out into the wind kind of sound to it. So it does sound very studio made and it doesn't really have that same feel that Black Flag did with the sea shanties. So I was kind of disappointed in that. So a lot of times I will switch over because you do have the option of either listening to the song or you can have members of your crew tell stories. And so I think the crew telling stories is a little better, in my opinion, than the sea shanties in this one, just because the stories actually do sound more like the crew's talking because you have one person telling a story occasionally other members of the crew will interrupt and like make a joke or you know kind of tease the guy or whatever um they'll laugh at some of the jokes in the story so i think those to me are a little more immersive but there aren't that many of them and unfortunately the game one feature that i really like was in the witcher 3 when i played it it says if you're running and you run along a path the horse will naturally run along the path where you can kind of let the controller go or at least just hold down the run button and the horse will auto run along the path. But pathing was not very good for the horse. And so if there was a sharp turn or even just a slight turn, sometimes your horse might just go running off into the forest and it wouldn't follow the path anymore. Um, and then you'd have to manually guide it back. And this one, it hard locks you to the path if you're riding your horse or if you're in the boat, it will hard lock you to the river. So you can literally just put down the controller and sit back or go make a sandwich or something, and they'll continue on to wherever they're going. So that's really good. And if they're telling stories, it's good. But every single time you pass an area where you can possibly raid from every little small fishing village to every monastery to every castle, anytime you get close to them, Avor calls out and she says, uh, you know, like, raid or whatever. And then the story will stop. Everybody gets quiet. And then you can either go in and raid or you can just sail past it. And then once you've sailed past it a certain distance, then Avor will say something like, okay, carry on. And then they continue the story. And it's just really, <laughs> it, it's kind of disrupting because there are so many of these places that you can, you know, theoretically raid that it's just no story. You're going to hear it all the way through. It's almost always going to get cut off at least three times just because you're passing all these little fishing villages and stuff like that. So a uh, slight annoyance for me, but it's not a game breaker. Okay. I mean, that's all the questions I have so far. What about the stuff you didn't like? Okay. So uh, there are some things that I didn't like. So far, the enemy levels are a bit wonky. So if I go into a certain area, it'll tell you what the level of that area is. So it'll say recommended level, you know, maybe 160. So I go into that area and I'm expecting, you know, enemies should be a level 160, quests should be around a level 160, whatnot. Well, sometimes, for instance, they have these guys called zealots and zealots are guys that you can kill and they'll give you clues to find members of the, I don't remember what they call it, the secret order or whatever, basically the proto-templars and they have their members and then these zealots have information that will lead you to these members so if you kill the zealots then you can get information that'll allow you to do that now for example and there's a video of it that i have in, in my clip i'm running through an area i'm a i'm level 190 
and I'm running through an area that's 120 or 160. So it's pretty far below my level. So I should be safe. I run into a zealot in that area and I think, okay, I'm going to kill this guy so I can help find these hidden order dudes, right? Well, I get to fight this guy and I am hitting him and his life is just chipping away ever so slowly, just tiny, tiny, tiny little pieces of life. And I'm just not really doing damage to this guy. And I'm like, what's going on here, right? He hits me. He does maybe, you know, 60% to 75% of my life in one hit. And I'm like, what is up with this? So I'm trying to fight this guy for a really long time. I'm not doing very well. So finally, I have to run away. And one of the things about these zealots is they will track you to the ends of the earth. So you really have to run away, get to a river, swim across the river, keep running into the forest, go through a village. You know, you have to run halfway across the map to get these guys off your trail. Because that was a thing one time, too, where I was trying to do a certain quest. I just happened to run past a, a, a zealot. He spotted me. I didn't realize that he had spotted me. I kept running. I ran, you know, way to the other side of the map. I'm fighting this one guy that I'm supposed to. And about halfway through the fight, this zealot comes running up over the hill because he had followed me halfway across the map, you know. So and then I had to deal with him as well. But anyway, the reason that I was doing so poorly against the zealot is because I'm level 90, 190. I'm in a 160 zone. This level, the zealot is 290. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so he's basically almost twice the level of the recommended level for this zone. And so because of that, the enemy levels can be really kind of awkward sometimes where you think you're in an area that you should be able to handle. And then there's just this one enemy that's just way over leveled for that area. And you don't expect it. I've had other things where I'm in an area that says it's level 120 and then I do a quest and the quest is leveled, you know, 260 or something like that. So definitely sometimes you can get yourself into trouble without even realizing it because you're trying to play relatively safe. But then it turns out that, yeah, it's really weird. And because of that, I would actually really have preferred if they had done horizontal leveling rather than vertical leveling. Because early on in the game, you really don't have that many abilities. You basically have your basic attacks. And like I said, you can't equip two heavy weapons. You can only equip light weapons or one heavy weapon with two hands. And you have your assassinate. And that's basically it. As you go through the game, you unlock abilities. Like uh, you'll see me do Valkyrie dive where Eivor jumps into the air and stabs down really, really hard. Or there's like an ability where you charge into the enemy and you push him to the ground. You can punch him in the face. Uh, you can shoot a harpoon into a guy and kind of yank him to the side and slam him against walls. So you unlock these abilities or options much, much later. And you also, going through your tree, you're unlocking new abilities like planting bombs on dead bodies or uh, being able to shoot your bow at a much, much faster speed. You know, So one of them is you pull back and you hold it. And then when you release, it'll fire you can get an ability that basically, as soon as you pull back, Eivor will automatically release so you can shoot much, much faster. So things like that. Or if you walk past an enemy and they spot you, you can hit L1 real quick and Eivor will quickly aim to that guy and then you can shoot him real fast. So as you're going through, you're gaining all these new abilities and new techniques that are really going to help you out throughout the game. And I think that that would have been enough. I don't think they need this leveling of like, okay, this guy is way over leveled for you or something like that. Because a lot of times it does just get tedious where it's skill-wise, I could defeat this guy. 
you know, for instance, I can get this guy down to about half health. He's twice my level. I can get him down to half health, but if he hits me, he's going to take out 90% of my life. So if he two shots me, I'm dead. So I have to make no mistakes. I only get, I can only take off like 2% of his life at any given time. So because of that, the fact that I got him down to half life is pretty significant, but he has an ability where he drinks a potion and it heals him up maybe 10%. So again, in the video, you can see there's a part where I got the guy down to about maybe a quarter or, or I got him down to maybe 75 or 60% of his life. And then he just pops a potion. You can see his life go boop, 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 boop. And he basically just full heals himself again. And it's kind of like all that work was for nothing. So that's kind of annoying. I, I wouldn't mind it as much if things were accurate to their positions. But yeah, when I'm running through a, a low level area and I'm just like, I'm just going to clear out this area. And there's a guy there who's vastly over leveled. It's kind of annoying because A, I don't know what to expect. And B... Because that means that I can't clear the area. I have to remember in my head, there's a guy over there that I'm going to have to come back to. And he's the only thing I need in this area. But I need to basically get another 100 levels. And then I need to come back just for that one guy. Wow. And as a completionist, that's kind of annoying to me. Because it means that, you know, like, it's just really irritating when, you, when you, you're like, I can clear everything but this one thing. Ah, you know. So for me, that was very frustrating. But it is what it is. I think actually in the settings, you can actually change it so the levels don't matter as well. So I think I could actually change it if I wanted to. I just haven't done it. But yeah, but as I said, some of the fights can be very tedious. Healing enemies is really annoying. Enemies have this ability to interrupt your attacks, but you can't do the same. So occasionally they'll get, they'll do a regular attack and then they'll have attacks that have kind of a yellow rune will show over their head. And then there's an attack that has a red rune over their head. The attacks with the red runes, you cannot block. You have to dodge. It's the only thing you can do. The ones with the yellow ones, you can parry them, but they're harder to parry. And then, of course, you can parry regular attacks as well. But, for example, if you get into an enemy and you're just slam, 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 you know, you're hitting him, he might get uh, uh, knocked out for a couple times, but then he can block mid-attack. But if the enemy gets into the same kind of series with you where they're attack, 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 you can't block them in the middle of their flurry. You have to basically somehow wait for an open window to roll out or something like that but if they're in the middle of an attack there's no real way to get around it and because you have limited stamina if you're trying to constantly dodge attacks you'll eventually run out of stamina and then you know then they can just wail into you so that that's really annoying sometimes kind of too uh as well uh, i would have done something probably closer to what ghost of tsushima did where parrying was a much much bigger part of the game but you could pretty much do it at all times uh, there were instances in ghost of tsushima where you couldn't but it wasn't usually there was some kind of lead up to it. Like, for instance, you would see the person sheath their sword and, you know, the next attack is going to be unblockable. Not they just go and, you know, from five attacks in a row and then just go into an unblockable attack usually. So you can kind of learn their patterns. And this one, there's not really much of that. Another thing that kind of bothers me is uh, the puzzles. So a lot of times I'll go into an area. I'll see if you're within 60 meters of something and you do a scan, it'll show you this is treasure. This is armor. This is it'll show you what all the nodes are. And a lot of the times you can figure it out and it'll be underground. Like 90% of the time it's underground and the puzzle isn't figuring out the puzzle. The puzzle is figuring out how do I get underground? <laughs> and that can be kind of annoying because a lot of times the rear entrance is really, really obvious, but the front entrance is hidden somewhere way off where you have to find it and it can be really kind of annoying for example there was one time where there's a little town and i'm trying to find 
out just outside the town, there's some armor and there's a little hut and the hut has a locked door and the door is locked from the inside. And so I know that this hut would give me access to this armor, but I can't find how to get underground to get the armor. I can only find the exit. And basically what I had to do was I had to go into town and in the town, there is a section of the town where it's old Roman ruins. And in the old Roman ruins, there's one part where it's kind of like a tower that's been hollowed out. So you have to climb up that tower, climb down back in the inside of the tower, and then there's a panel on the ground that you can smash. And then from there, you can go into kind of an underground catacombs kind of thing and then work your way back out from the town. And then that's how you would find the armor. And once you're in there, they have puzzles like, oh, okay, you know, throw this switch or smash this door or all that. Those are actually really, really easy. 90% of the time, if I'm trying to unlock something, I spend... 80% of my time just trying to find how do I get in <laughs> and then the the 20% of the, the rest the remaining 20% is actually figuring out the puzzles. So that's kind of an irritating thing because it's not hard, it's just tedious. You know, it's just okay, let's just run back and forth all over the map until we find a cave. Yeah, like that's not really a puzzle to me. So that that's annoying. And then another thing that kind of annoys me is uh the some of these things you know how to do it. Like, for instance, I'll see something. Ah, I should go here. I go here. There's nothing. It's a blank wall. What am I supposed to do? Turns out, you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll spend a long time on it and I'll actually go and I'll look it up. And I'm like, how do I unlock this thing? I can't find it. I've been spending 30 minutes trying to find it. And it says, oh, you need to progress this far into the story to do it. And so that's kind of annoying sometimes that you'll see a secret and it's kind of obvious how you should do it. But you can't do it just because you haven't progressed far enough in the story. And there's no indication of that. So you could end up wasting a lot of time trying to figure out this, you know, because sometimes entrances are hard to find. You just think this isn't it. It must be somewhere else. But it turns out, no, that is it. But you're just not far enough and you just wasted all this time trying to figure it out. And if you hadn't looked it up online, there'd be no way you'd either just give up and move on or whatever. So that that's annoying. And the other the only other problem I really have is uh, the combat's OK. I like the fact that they have a lot of weapon variety, but there's not a lot of combat variety. I've just found mostly I just mash light attack over and over and over again. And that's basically it. That's how I kill everything. It's just light attack, light attack, light attack, light attack, light attack, light attack, light attack. There's not a lot of depth to it. You can parry, but there's no real. It really is just run in there, stab the guy and stab him multiple times. The, we the, the weapons do add a little bit of variety, especially on your your offhand weapon. So, for example, with the Sayax, what uh, Avril will do is charge forward, stab several times, and then kind of do this backwards dodge thing. If you have a two-handed sword, she'll run forward, and she'll charge, and then when you release it, she'll just like this big mighty swing kind of thing. Um, with the axes, I think she kind of does it like a spin kind of thing. So there is kind of variety there that's kind of interesting, but I don't use it 90% of the time because it's just it's just more effective just to mash light attack. So I don't even use my heavy attacks that often. But uh, yeah, so th those are my major problems with the game. So questions? Uh, no questions so far. Because, I mean, you've explained some of that stuff before. And I'll, I, I mean, but the combat stuff does kind of make sense in a way because Odyssey was like that. Odyssey had a pretty much very simple combat. Or the way I played Odyssey was just I, I did a lot of range combat and tried to stay away from melee combat as much as possible yeah and, and like you said melee combat was very limited and it's kind of i mean i, I kind of like that i i, I can't do games with a lot of 
heavy combinations and stuff that requires you to have to do a lot of combos in order to actually win a fight because that just makes me frustrated. So I, I'm that's kind of good. And and I, I mean, from what I, the comment that I've seen is is this does remind me of Odyssey in a lot of ways in terms of the combat. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm just I was just thinking actually I'm like oh my god we've talked about this so much by the time I can actually play Valhalla will probably be 2022 because that's <laughs> the only time I would have forgotten what you've actually said. Ah, uh, yeah, no, you can definitely do the range combat. The range combat is pretty good, and in fact, stealth range is actually probably more viable than melee stealth. So because I'm watching you like like on the in the video right now, I see you on the rope and you're like shooting guys in the head with the arrows and it's it's i'm like oh that looks pretty damn awesome yeah yeah and it, it, there's yeah, there's strategy to it so you can kind of see where they're looking and be like oh, okay these two guys are facing each other i don't want to take them out but that guy's kind of facing away and nobody's looking at him so i'll take him out so there, there's you know that, that that part's fun i do enjoy that part so i mean getting into your last point giving you extra 40 hours would you change your recommendation of the people who would enjoy it from your first time uh, no, I think the same people are pretty much going to enjoy it. Uh, if you're the kind of person who played Ghost of Tsushima and you just really, really enjoyed the melee and you weren't that into the stealth, you just really enjoyed that kind of samurai power trip, I wouldn't recommend this one because uh, just because you still can get that kind of power trip. Eivor is actually really, really strong. Um, I mean, she is a Viking. She's super tough. So you can still definitely get that power trip, but you don't have that cinematicness to the combat so if you really like that kind of cinematic combat this isn't going to pay off like that but other than that i think yeah it's definitely for people who like assassin's creed the newer style of assassin's creed games and definitely people who like these kind of stealth action hybrids like this or ghost of tsushima or to an extent uh horizon zero dawn i i, I think the same group of people still is going to enjoy it still are going okay. to enjoy it very cool, very cool. Uh, any last thoughts before we move on? Uh, no, I think I covered all my points. Very cool. Then let's let's get into Cyberpunk. Excellent. Okay. So I have been playing Cyberpunk. The video you guys have been are watching, gonna watch today is my stream from last night. And for Cyberpunk, if you don't know, was developed and published by CD Projekt Red. They are the developers who published The Witcher games who are involved in the Witcher TV show. And yeah, they're pretty famous. Uh, they're the owners of GOG.com, which is where I bought my CD, which is where I bought my Cyberpunk from. It is available on all current and last-gen consoles, PC and Stadia. It is only available streaming on the Stadia as of the moment. No Macs or Mac or Linux at the moment. Uh, you play as a character in a Cyberpunk universe. And for those people who don't know what a Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk is sort of like the melding of man and machine and the idea of transhumanism, that people can be better than what they are with the addition of technology, um, with lots of sort of colors and neon and a more corporate universe. You've seen that in movies and TV shows. So and then when the game starts, you get to choose your body. You get to choose your body type, fat or thin, skin color, eye color, tattoos. Uh, you get to choose the sizes of different things. And yeah, um, at the start of the game, you get to choose three classes. I chose Corpo, which is like the official name. And then the two other names, which I don't remember. One is like a gangster class and one is like a like a freedom fighter. 
I mean, I chose Corporal just because I'm like, mm, I don't want to be a gangster. And uh, the Freedom Fighter was more like an anarchist Freedom Fighter, which is a, what I, something I'm not into. Uh, there's a whole story, but basically in the story that I chose, I work for this big corporation. And suddenly I do something wrong and I get kicked out of the corporation. And in this world, in Cyberpunk 2077, corporations rule the world and they are the powers and government is minimal. Is there, but it's minimal. You play, so eventually when you get kicked out of the corporation, you play a runner. A runner is someone without an affiliation. You're sort of like a mercenary. Uh, you start off the game with your friend, Jackie Wells. He is like a bit Hispanic and speaks, throws a lot of Spanish around, like a gringo and a, a nino and a, a lot of other words that um, I like it because I, I went to university with a bunch of Hispanic people. But if you're probably if you're playing the English version and you've never heard these words, they may sound a bit strange. And from there, you do missions together. I mean, including last night, I've only played about eight hours so far and I just finished Act 1. And I was like, oh my god, I just realized this last night as I was playing it, that eight hours was literally pretty much the tutorial. Because after Act 1, you finally get to be, get to encounter... The, the, and you guys see the advertisement, you get to encounter uh, Johnny Silverhand, which is the guy played by Keanu Reeves. And that's where the real game starts. And I'm like, eight hours for a tutorial, that's got to be the world's longest tutorial. <laughs> uh, but that's pretty much the story so far. Um, any any thoughts so far, Ed? Uh, yeah, so you, you said you got it on GOG. Uh, do, since that is owned by CD Projekt, is it cheaper or is it basically the same price as anywhere? Uh, same price. I, I've talked to a few people about this, that the advantage of GOG is that you do get a lot of extra stuff. Not a lot, but you get some extra stuff. So I looked at Epic. I looked at Steam. I've actually done a video about this as well, similar to my Godfall video. Uh, check that out. That Steam and Epic, if you had pre-ordered it, you would have got like a, a comic, would have got some wallpaper. And But if you ordered on GOG, you got all the stuff from the Steam and Epic pre-orders, plus you get extra stuff, uh, which is like mobile wallpapers, which is a soundtrack, which is an extra comic book. Okay, so basically you get all the pre-order stuff, but you don't have to pre-order. Yes, and uh, CD Projekt Red gets 100% of the money, of course, ah. which is the advantage of GOG. Okay, and so you, you said you can try the different body types, like, you know, big or fat or thin or whatever. I actually heard that there some people were complaining about the limitations. They said that actually you're still basically like there's no sliders. You're just locked into certain body types, kind of. Um, Sliders in the sense of, of changing the size of stuff. Uh, Yeah, like they said, like, for example, one of the things that I, I read there specifically, this person was talking about how when... CD project was talking about cyberpunk. They were saying, Oh, you know, we're going to have this kind of, we're going to allow you to have gender, uh, diversity, I guess you would say it. So you can play as whatever you want. You could have a male character with a female body, but they were saying that there's no real, you can't really make a person androgynous. You're either like super masculine or super feminine. There's no, you're kind of like maybe three archetypes or whatever. And you just have to play within those three. You can't really, create a body that you want in a way i mean how did you feel about the character creation i mean i felt it was sufficient but i can see that now like now that you like like you explained the slider comment uh yeah i mean it is pretty limited in in that sense so definitely if you wanted to play you know someone who is androgynous that would be fairly difficult yes okay 
all will be impossible because you, you're totally right. There are no options for that at the moment. And I mean, given the issues of the game, I don't imagine them addressing that in the near future. <laughs> Probably not one of their higher priorities. And exactly. so you said there's three classes at the beginning. Do those actually affect your abilities or what you can do? Or is it just basically changes the introduction to the story? Um, they affect because later on you have options and dialogue trees and certain options uh, work better because you chose a certain path. So if you watch some of my other streams, you'll see I have a dialogue option called Corpo. And of course, those that option only comes out in a scene where you can say, hey, I've had this corporate experience. And that actually opens up other options in the dialogue because of that. And and again, I've, I've not played the other stuff, so I don't know. But I can imagine the sort of street life or the freedom fighter option will open up an option in a relevant scenario. So it's kind of similar to, say, a Bethesda game where, for instance, if your charisma is high enough, then you have certain special things you can say. Or in Fallout, if your intelligence is above a certain level, then you have extra kind of dialogue options, kind of like that. Exactly, exactly. It's it's. But this is very much uh, localized so that in a particular situation, you have two choices and the third choice will be the one based on your background that you chose. Okay. And so this doesn't affect your the gameplay at all in terms of like what abilities you can equip or your hacking ability or anything like that. Uh, no, it doesn't because uh, your hacking ability or that kind of stuff is influenced by the stats that you choose after you create your person. Okay, so like a freedom fighter isn't just inherently better at hacking and a gangster is inherently better at combat. No, or something no, no. Like that. That's, I mean, the initial start affects the story. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, all my questions for this part so far. All right. Um, so what I like, I love the voice acting. The, the characters have this really realistic sound doesn't even seem like it's voice acted in a sense it seems like it's like very much like a movie sound and in the beginning and when i played it's like when jackie your friend and v v is who you are interact it seems like they've known each other forever and the voices have this sort of like energetic timber and and, and i just like very very realistic it doesn't seem like a like it's being voice acted it doesn't seem fake it just feels really good uh, the choices seem very meaningful, of course, but that's not surprised, surprising given that it is a CD Projekt Red game. Uh, choices definitely help from the beginning of the game in the first hour right until when I finished playing yesterday. The world is colorful and definitely fits the idea of cyberpunk. And it, it's it's definitely very, very cool, very atmospheric. And I, I mean, I spent a lot of time thinking about this yesterday when I was typing this out for preparing for the show. And I'm like, okay, what do I really, really, really like? And that's it, actually. <laughs> that's a short list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. I, I was like thinking about gun combat. I'm like, mm, no, music. I don't really listen to much music anyway. The music is decent, but I mean, I, I wouldn't go on to say it's like, and again, that's just me. Sound design also, again, not great. Uh, not bad but not great. Yeah. And, and I mean, the look of stuff again. Yeah. Yeah. It's yes, that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember playing the Witcher and the, uh, one thing that I really liked was actually the voice acting and, and just some of the subtle things that they would have like facial animations, you know, if maybe you could tell somebody was slightly amused by something. They did really, really well with that. Now, 
I remember them saying with The Witcher that the game was too long. And so they said, we're going to make this game shorter or we're going to make Cyberpunk shorter, but we're going to give you a lot more options. So there's a lot more replayability than there was in The Witcher. So, you know, if you played The Witcher, it's really, really long. You can play it again. But if you've played it maybe, say, three times, you've basically gone through every option. And they said this one is going to be a lot shorter than The Witcher, but there's going to be a lot more options. So you could play it maybe 10 times and have something new each time. Now, do you really feel like there have been a lot of situations where things could have gone very differently? Or do you has it felt fairly linear? Oh, no, definitely. And I think that goes back into choosing your, your, your gangster or your freedom fighter or your corporal class. Like, I, I, I mean, in the first eight hours, I could have seen two situations that would have gone differently if I had chosen the gangster, if I had chosen the freedom fighter. Okay. So you would say that this game definitely has replay value. Oh, definitely. I mean, I won't replay it uh, given, you know, the amount of stuff that you and I both have to play, but I can definitely see somebody, um, even some middle-aged gamers, you know, the kind of gamer who uh, likes to play all sides of things, or the completionists, you know, saying, okay, I finished this run, I'm going to play the gangster run. And the combat and the dialogue options, there, there are definitely places where you, because I was a corporal, I had to fight. But if I was another class, I wouldn't have had to fight. Oh, interesting. Well, maybe I should have to avoid this game. I remember playing Dragon Age. I'll always play Dragon Age through two or three times just to try like all the different races and stuff like that. So uh, this one would be quite the chore. Uh, do you have any idea about how long you think it's going to be? Or how, So you're what, 40 hours in now? No, no, no. Eight hours. You're eight hours into the game? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant eight hours was the introduction. Eight hours was the introduction. So you just got out of the introduction. Pretty much. I Because I, remember last week, I, I was playing Breakpoint with my brothers um, almost every uh, three or four times in the evening. Oh, okay. All right. So you probably have no idea how long this is going to be then, huh? I do have an idea. I mean, one of the things I, I, I will go into that I don't like stuff is that I was thinking is like, you start off the game, right? And you've got all these extra side missions and stuff. But actually, the story pushes you to sort of like finish the sort of act one introduction sequence. Okay. So I, I'm really looking forward. I'm hoping in act two, I get more of a choice where I can actually do what I want to do without having to feel like the story is pushing me to do this part, do this part, do the main story. So I, I'm, I'm hoping. So I, when I ended up yesterday's stream, I, I said like, I'll be playing Thursday probably. And I'm hoping that in Thursday's stream, I'll be able to actually feel the freedom of like a what a typical open world game gives you, that you can do what you want. Okay. Now, if you really wanted to, could you go off the beaten path and kind of go wherever you want? Or is it really guided so far? You could. I mean, I've tried to, I mean, in the first, in the, in the eight hour introduction sequence, but you get phone calls, you get texts like, where are you? I'm waiting for you here. <laughs> so it's kind of the... Uh... What was that, Grand Theft Auto 4 with Nico? And he's like, hey, man, you want to go bowling? Like that sort of thing. Yeah, and, and it's really irritating. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's just, I'm going to get this done and over with. Okay, interesting. Yeah. All right, so uh, what did you not like, since apparently that's going to be a longer list? Uh, UI is super cluttered. Hard to find where you need to do things. Like when, you, when you're when you playing the, the, the first eight hours and you get into the game, you're like, okay, and you press M for map. You're like, oh, my God, there's so much stuff here. And a lot of stuff isn't explained, like, in the UI, in the game in general. Like, I don't like walking around and driving stuff. I prefer fast travel just to make the most out of my limited gaming time. 
and I could not figure out how to fast travel. And only after fiddling around, I'm like, oh, there's this place in the game, and there are like eight fast travel stations in the world. Okay, cool. I don't like driving around. There are some portions in the game where you get in these automated cars, automated flying helicopters, and you just have to wait and look at the city. I'm like, wow, okay, the city's pretty. I know that. I don't want to sit through it. There are options you can't skip dialogue in the game, but I wish you could skip those driving scenes just to make things go faster. Mm. And I know that ruins the experience, but that's just for me and maybe other people who have a limited gaming time. Um, This first eight hours could definitely use some improvement. You know, if it is a so-called tutorial, it's definitely too long. And I wish they had given you more freedom. I wish they had explained stuff better. The gun combat is acceptable, but I mean, the sounds, are, I mean, for the excellent voice acting and the story, the guns themselves don't have this sort of like really nice sound to them. Like the to me, Borderlands 3 had amazing gun sounds. And the guns I have played in the beginning of the game just sound kind of empty and not really have that like oomph that you associate with cool gun sounds in a game. The combat itself is okay, but then again, it, it, it I mean like if you watch the clip that's attached to me right now, um you'll see me doing a lot of shooting and you can see like sometimes I'm aiming down the sights and I'm shooting a guy like twenty times or thirty times and it's it just it takes too long to kill somebody and you lose the, the like the you know good time to kill makes you feel powerful makes you feel strong and you just don't get that in this game mm. which kind of sucks so far maybe you do get it later on but so far in the game I feel like man I'm this cool cybernetic chick but I take a long time to kill people and that kind of sucks <laughs> um so the, I wish combat could be improved um a lot I mean. Basically, everything is acceptable. The stuff I'm talking about now is just stuff I don't like. And it's not bad. It's just acceptable. And that's pretty much it, actually. All right. No, I can definitely relate to uh, things being acceptable. Uh, for example, with, for me, especially when it comes to things like music, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, I, the music's fine. It hasn't hit me as like, oh, this is bad music, but I couldn't hum a song to you. So it just, none of it's memorable. It's like, yeah, it works. But kind of like, uh, I remember reading a review where people were talking about Marvel music, how, you know, you listen to the Harry Potter theme. Anybody can hum the Harry Potter theme. You say, hum Harry Potter, they can do it. You know, uh, the Jurassic Park theme, Star Wars, you know, and then it's great. And then they're like, okay, other than the Avengers theme, hum one song from a Marvel movie. And nobody can do it unless it's Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, just because the music's kind of filler music. So you said the UI is not customizable. I heard or I was reading something where somebody was saying, oh, I can't find my ammo display. And somebody said you have to equip that. So can you customize the UI or? Uh, uh, what I meant is the UI is overly complex. Okay. And not as in not in, as in the game you're playing, but like when you press I for inventory and you're looking at all the stuff, you press M for map, and there are just so many details in everything, and it just feels like it's far too complicated. Okay, and you say so you, you said you don't really like these long sequences. Now, is there dialogue going on during these sequences, or is it literally just you're sitting in a helicopter looking at the city? There's dialogue going on, but it's not super great. important. Okay. Do you think this will affect replayability for people where you're having to sit through these long sequences over and over and over again? No, because, I mean, they're not terribly long, but, I mean, 
I would say it would affect people more in, in my vein who don't have a lot of time. Okay. And as far as the world size, I mean, have you been able to explore it pretty successfully? Would you say it's like a good size or maybe it's a little bit too big or maybe it's a little bit smaller? You would have liked it a little bit bigger? Again, I mean, I will start to know from this week what the world size looks like because I was sort of somewhat restricted to following the story in the first eight hours. Okay. All right. Well, those are my questions for what you didn't like. All right, and so as to who would like this game, anyone who's a fantasy project, right? Anyone with an open mind that can accept a, a a buggy game, though I have not experienced any bugs. The one thing I will mention is that this streams really badly. Even on my AMD Ryzen 3600 1080 GTX, I'm playing this at 1080. I've closed most of the stuff down when I'm streaming. Oh, and I realize why this is like this now. So um, you always have to... You have to close your OBS preview when you're streaming. And I forgot to do that, which is why yesterday's stream was kind of jaggy, which is what you're seeing in the video. Um, but yeah, this this game is still heavy on resources. So that's something you have to be aware of if you have a lower end or even a mid-range system. I'm sort of mid-high at the moment, but still, you do need a beefy computer to play. And of course, if you're on a PS4 or a, a, an Xbox One X, this game is just terrible uh, ps5 and xbox series x is definitely much better pc is still there are no bugs on the pc none that i've experienced so far but definitely keep that in mind and anyone who likes rpgs and shooters uh, very much in the borderlands way but without the borderlands humor so definitely keep that in mind this is a definitely a very serious game yesterday's end of act one was really really sad i was like oh god this is a horrible way to end things <laughs> oh but yeah um Overall, enjoying it a lot. I wish I had more time to play it. Um, I'm hoping to play more during Chinese New Year. Okay. And now you said you haven't had any bugs, but I've heard things, people talking about how the AI doesn't react very well uh, in certain situations. Like if there's gunfire, everybody just stops and gets out of their cars and just crouches down or something like that. The AI not being particularly I, good. I, I've seen that video. Um, again, in what I played so far, no problems with the AI in combat. They act normally. Um, yeah. Now, do you think that's purely just the processing power? Somehow, like, things are getting processed weirdly on lower-level systems? Or do you think they actually made changes to those systems to kind of accommodate the lower processing power and thus took out some of the options that AI could have or something like that to simplify? I, I would say a lot of this, the stuff or bugs is people actually going out and looking for them. Okay. I think if you're playing the game, you're unlikely to find stuff. All right. Like, like, like the video of the guy, you know, he, um, with the many people parked on the street, he got out of his car, threw a grenade, and everybody got out of their cars. Why would you, in the middle of the road, get out of your car and throw a grenade? There's no reason for it. Yeah, the only reason I could think of is maybe he saw people doing that previously, and then he thought, okay, I'm just going to take a video of this real quick. How do I reenact this situation to get it to happen again? Exactly. Interesting. All right. Well, I think that... See, seeing as you've had no glitches, that was going to be my question, but uh, fortunate for you. Now, oh, yes. one last. Uh, do you think that this game is going to, do you think Xbox Series X and PS5 can properly handle it? Or do you think you really should be playing on PC? Um, I, I've been keeping an eye out for this on Twitter, on our Instagram. And what I've seen on social media is the new, well, the current generation consoles have no problems at all. Okay. Uh, nobody's complained about any. Nobody's complained about glitches. But the PS4 and Xbox One 
X people, they have complained about it. And the lower end PCs. Mm. Okay. So maybe I will have to check it out eventually. Eventually. I I'm, I think you'd enjoy <laughs> it a lot, but this is... uh, Yeah, yeah. A time sink. Yes. All right. Okay. And that is it for today. Sorry if it was a bit shorter than usual, which it was not. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I just figured it would be, so I added that into our uh, script there. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully you still had a good time um if you've got any more questions about cyberpunk or about valhalla just uh, please hit us up yeah and uh with the new year we may be changing up the format a little bit uh, but we will discuss that later for now if you'd like more of middle age gaming please follow us or drop us a line at middle age gaming 2020 on twitch middle age at middle age gaming on instagram at gaming aged on Twitter or middle age gaming 2020 on Facebook. And of course you can always email us directly at middle gaming 2020 at gmail.com. Please do. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you soon and seeing you later. Have a great day, everyone. See you guys later. Later.